This Irish man stands with America. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. Hello, America. Thank you so much for tuning in today. This, of course, is the show where you come for the accent and you stay for the principles. I'm so sorry I missed last week's show. Um, it can't be helped. I'm, I, I make no bones about it. I've taken on too much on this tour. And just last week was was a crazy week. We had, I think it was six events in four days and in true the great state of Texas. And I drove over 1,750 miles in like four and a bit days. It was absolutely craziness, but I've got to do it because I've, I've made no bones about it. I'm all in in your country. But I couldn't miss this week because this week there is a message of hope to be shared. It's been so amazing being part of your country this week where the American spirit just seems to have woken up a little bit. It seems to have woken from its slumber. It's starting to realize things can happen. And I'm going to share a message of hope, both from an American point of view, but also a deeply personal point of view later on in the show. So stick around for that. But before we get there, I want to talk to you about a philosophical issue we're having right now. You see, the frustrating thing for me is because I'm a storyteller. You can think I'm a good storyteller or a bad storyteller, but that is what I try and be all the time. And I'm a narrative guy. And I look around and all I ever see in your country for the longest time, and even on this trip, the bit of media I've seen, on both sides of the aisle is the narrative that is all politics. And it's never philosophical. It's never breaking things down to its simplest core elements. It's always just, oh, liberals are bad or conservatives are bad or it's you know left versus right or Republicans versus Democrats or Trump versus never Trump. And that seems to be the, the open domination of the media on both sides of the aisle. And what's interesting is as I watch some of the, the left coverage, they're literally hunkering down on this idea. This, this narrative that's working. They believe that this narrative will get them success, which is kind of funny. And if you believe in freedom, it's also a massive opportunity. But what is the philosophical debate that needs to happen right now? The philosophical debate that needs to start happening in your country and around the world is the one that has happened from day one and will always be the philosophical debate through the end of time. What is that philosophical debate? It gets all down to one core principle. Who gets to decide how our world looks like? You see, on one side, you have those who believe in control, those who believe in tyranny, those who believe in mandates, those who believe that they are all-powerful, all-knowing, and just quite simply, no better than you, and that their job is to mold society the way they feel. Their job is to mold society how what is best for what they call the common good. They will do this through business. They will do this through regulation. They will do this through media. They will do this through mandates. This is what they are. They are team tyranny. But also they are the team that says man is ultimately a god. That man, that our people our politicians, our media, our big businessmen, our Jeff Bezos, our Leonardo DiCaprio's, and I'm using those names for a reason. We are the people who know better than you. And we have this moral responsibility to mold the world the way we see that is best. Because trust us, 
We're just better than you. Now, on the other side, you have the freedom side. You have the individual side. I'm part of this. Who say that it is not the job of the elites. It is not the job of the global institutions like the EU, like the um, United Nations, like the IMF, like Davos with the Great Recess. It is not their job to mold society. It is our job as individuals. What does that look like in reality? What that looks like in reality, and this is why I am such a supporter of the free market, and I am a purist when it comes to the free market. What does that actually mean? Because I hear people today say, well, I'm a free market person, and then they'll go and proceed to give a definition of it, and it's the furthest thing from a free market that you will ever hear. You'll see all these people who think like NAFTA is a free trade agreement. It's actually in the title. It is not a free trade agreement. It is a controlled free trade agreement. What does free trade look like? You see, at its core, I am a believer in freedom. I don't hide my biases. I come behind this microphone each and every week, and I try and give you stuff to think about. I try and give you the philosophical debates that I ask you to think about, but I also don't hide my biases. I tell you who I am. I am a freedom guy. What does a free market freedom guy look like? I believe you have certain rights from your creator. I believe in nature's law and nature's God. What does that say to you? It says that everyone, regardless of their class, regardless of their background, regardless of their race or sexuality, their creed, their age, their background, their educational standards, regardless of any of that, you have a God-given right to pursue your happiness, that no one should tell you how to act. No one should tell you how to be, how you should feel, or no one should tell you that you must do this job, or no one can tell you you must take that vaccine. But I also am a believer in you have a right to pursue your happiness, but you also have a God-given right to keep the fruits of your own labor. And that is how you start molding the world as an individual. You see, I actually believe in competition. I actually believe in the individual. So what does this mean when you start translating that into a free market? I believe you, as I said, you have a right to pursue your happiness and keep the fruits of your own labor. If you have some product or some service that you're like, you know what? I think this will make me money or I think this will make the world a better place. You have the option. You have the freedom from your creator to go do that. And no one should say you can't do this. No one should be able to put up roadblocks to you. But also, you have the right to succeed and fail on your own merits. And what happens in a free market is you offered the market that product and service. And then guess what? The people will decide whether you're successful or not. If your product is great, you'll be successful. You should be able to compete against anyone. There is no big business advantage. It's not like, well, I'm only a small, you know, one-man band and I'm going against like a big, massive company like Amazon or Facebook or Twitter or Coca-Cola. Just think of all the big brands. It doesn't matter. If you have a product that is better than them and it's competing against them, you have the right. They do not have a competitive advantage through governments. But also, likewise, if your product sucks, if you're like, you know what, I think this recipe of Coke, for example, is better than Coke. And you put it out to the market and the people are like, you know what? You might think it's a better recipe than Coke, but I've tasted your product. It sucks. Coke is way better Then Coke should win that. That is what a free market looks like.
But the ultimate power does not belong in government's hands. It does not belong in the media's hands. It does not belong in people who are millionaires and billionaires' hands. It belongs in each and every one of yours. Because you will decide with your purchasing power, with the power of the dollar or the power of the euro or the power of the yen, what is popular and what is successful. That is up to you. That is the philosophical question that we have. But look at all the elites right now. And that is what they are. Look at all the people who have power. Are they saying that? Are they saying, well, we're giving the people the power? Because what's funny about it is I hear all these communists, like Bernie Sanders. I see all these socialists like AOC. Well, we're fighting for the people. Really? You're not fighting for the people. This is the biggest lie. The idea that's communism or socialism or, or progressivism or any of that is fighting for the people is nothing more than fake news. You're not fighting for the people. You're fighting for yourself. You're fighting to make yourself a god. You're fighting to say, hey, I will be the gatekeeper. It's time for America to understand exactly why you're a unique and exceptional nation. That's why I'm here in your country right now. That's what I'm doing. I'm talking to you about restoring and reclaiming America's narrative because you didn't change the world by fluke. You didn't change the world by happenstance. It was a miracle, but it was also because you based your country in principles. And it's time to restore those principles. Because what you're seeing right now is this philosophical debate taking place in places like COP26. COP26, what is COP26? This is where all these businesses and all these countries will come together. It happened in Scotland this week. You might have seen something about your president falling asleep. And I've seen it been, you know, it's been a few funny memes and some funny remarks from my friends on the right about this. Let's be honest. I don't insult your president for falling asleep at COP26 because quite honestly, I'm a consistent guy. I would fall asleep at COP26. All these big, grandiose plans and how we're going to save the planet. Really? Really? That would bore the hell out of me. That would bore the snot out of me. I'd be like asleep, like, hey, we're going to save the planet. And I'd snore. And I'm a big guy, so I'd probably snore pretty loudly because, oh, my God, it's boring. It's mundane. It's asinine. It's stupid. But what are they talking about? You see, it all boils down to narrative. And this is something my friends on the right don't seem to get quite yet. But you will, because I'll keep talking about it. You see, whether you like me or hate me, or even whether you think I'm good or bad at what I do, I aim to be the best storyteller I can be. Because the reason I'm a storyteller is because that is how you change the world. America is the best story man ever came together to write. But the left get this, because all the left wants... And all the politicians want is power. You see, as I said to you, this philosophical debate, they are the people. And this is not a partisan issue. This is a left-right issue. Left and right love the power. They want politics to be front and center. Look at what your Republican Party did two, three weeks ago when they sold out your people for $400 billion to get you through till Christmas. This is not, I'm not team Republican. I'm not team left or right. I'm just looking at it from a philosophical point of view. They believe they have a power to mold society. And they want that power. 
but they understand that if we just tell you we're going to mold society that we're all knowing and you must bow down before us, most Americans go, the hell I will. Um, nope, that ain't me. So they have to share and craft a narrative. And they, God bless them, they've been trying this narrative for 20 years. It's climate change, you know. We're a climate catastrophe. Look at the recent narrative that they came out with this week, and they've been pushing this all week everywhere I've seen. Do you know what time it is? It's a minute to midnight. It's a minute to disaster. If we don't act right now, we are done as a world. Why is this narrative working? Or why are they pursuing this narrative? Because everything is interlinked. If you understand that this is the philosophical debate, everything makes sense. All the pieces of the jigsaw add in together. Why are they talking about fear right now? Because it worked with COVID. 15 days to slow the spread. Even people like me who are freedom lovers kind of stepped back for a minute and went, well, this is unprecedented. This Maybe it is just 15 days. And I apologize. And I'll apologize till I go to the grave. I got that one wrong. I should have been more outspoken at the time. I really should have. But even I was like, mm, well, it's just 15 days. And this like, we don't know. This could kill like 30% of the people or 40% of the people or 20% of the people. Do we really want that for 15 days? Like maybe we just hunker down for the 15 days. I was wrong. I should have said, no, you never give this power to the government because government, once it gets power, never, ever gives it back. And look at what we've seen. We're now 20 minutes, 20 months into 15 days to slow the spread and no end in sight. But that's because fear worked. They're going to start ramping up the fear, but they're also going to start ramping up the agenda that we must act and how we have a responsibility. You're starting to see this with what they're doing with gas prices. You're starting to see this with methane. But this is also an opportunity, which I'll come back to in a second. Because I do have a message of hope. But you need to understand the philosophical debate that we're in. This is the debate of our time. Who gets to mold the future of society? Is it those in power or is it every person that has a voice? And that is every person who ever lives or does exist. I'm for the individual. But I want to share something with you that is connected to this. But that I am asking you just to be very careful what you wish for. Right now in your country, there's a big philosophical debate about the vaccines. Should the government mandate them? Should the government have this power? And I want to share a story with you from Ireland about this new report that came out this week. Because anyone who thinks the vaccines mandating is a good idea, I would just ask you just to take a step back and ask yourself, what power are you giving the government and what power will they use it for in the future? Because here's the thing. This is not about the vaccines. The sad thing is vaccines in your country, like everything else, has become political. Well, I'm for the vaccine. I'm against the vaccine. You know what the winning message on vaccines is? I believe it's the message that people like me have, the people who believe in freedom. The winning message is this. You do you and I'll do me. This wonderful idea called freedom. If you want to get a vaccine, get it. If you want to get a booster shot, get it. If you want to be like those people in Israel who now need a fourth vaccine, get it. You do you. If you want to wear a mask, 
this paper cloth mask because you think it gives you some type of protection. Do it. I will fight to the death for your right to get the vaccine and wear the mask. Heck, if you're one of those people, and it's amazing how the narrative has changed in this. You remember we went through a period early in the year, Fauci was even promoting this. We got a double mask. Amazing how that just all went out the window, right? For men of science, these men of science are rather hypocritical, right? But you remember the double mask? Remember Fauci testifying in front of the crowd? No, one mask is not good enough. Two is better. It gives you even more protection. That went away, right? But if you want to wear two masks, heck, I said that at the time. You want to wear like 10 masks because it gives you 10 times the protection? Go for it. You do you, I'll do me. But you must have the same respect back. If I don't want the vaccine, I don't have to get it. If I don't want to wear a mask, I don't want to wear a mask. I don't wear a mask. You do you, and I'll do me. Freedom is the winning message. But reason people say this now, where if you're anti-vaccine or you're anti-mandate, which I am, it's amazing how they try and change the narrative for some, well, you're anti-mandate, so you're anti-vaccine. No, I have the vaccine in me. I have no choice. To get here, I had to take it. Didn't like it, but I accepted that price. That was the price of admission to America. And sadly, I'm one of those people who will pay any price of admission to America. But I want to share a story with you from Ireland, because when you give government the power, when you give people in society who know better than you the power, they will never stop interfering in your life. This is a battle between liberty and tyranny, good versus evil. And this is a report studied in Ireland. And what they found, so before I tell you what they found, I need to understand the backstory. Ireland is a socialist country. Ireland has a public health system. It also has a private health system with insurance. It's expensive. I'm part of the private health insurance. And the Irish government has been trying to get rid of this for the longest time. But something happens when you live in a socialist nation. It's amazing for all the wonders of socialized medicine, how amazing it is. It's amazing that we can't cure all the diseases in our country, that there are some certain diseases that we need to send people overseas for. And people who are literally at their deathbed are literally looking for a bit of hope because they can't get approved treatments in Ireland, will go to GoFundMe and places like GoFundMe and raise a lot of money and go overseas to places like America. So always seems to be places like America to get this new radical revolutionary type treatment just for a chance to live. What do you see? When you have freedom, that's allowed. But when you believe governments or those people who know better and you have that freedom, that freedom is very, very dangerous. So what's the report that was released this week in Ireland? Well, a new study has found that a large proportion of online crowdfunding for cancer treatments is for unlicensed or alternative treatments. They did this study where they looked at 150 online crowdfunding appeals and basically said that only 19% of them were for what, quote unquote, approved therapies. Why is this dangerous? Because people are looking Imagine, and this is just that cancer, you're getting stage four cancer, you're terminal, and your government says, you can't get this treatment, it's not approved. And they go overseas and they raise money because it's not cheap to go overseas for this type of treatment. They're now saying, this is dangerous, this is wrong. And what we need is a medical database around the world of approved treatments. And that is the only treatment you can get. That because we are all powerful, we are all knowing. 
And just because you have a relationship with your doctor and just because you're terminal and you have nothing to lose and everything to gain, that doesn't mean you have a right to go and get this experimental treatment that we don't say is good. Anyway, this is a long report. I won't bore you with the details because it's only from Ireland. But what was the solution at the end of the report? Well, basically, they said, if the treatments that are available abroad are not here and they are evidence-based, just think of this for a second. The HSE does allow patients to travel. How nice of that socialized government. If they're approved and evidence-based, the HSE will let you travel. If they're not, they will try and stop you. That is the power of the government. But what they say is the solution is we need regulations. You see, it's not enough for your doctor and you to have a relationship to decide what is best your treatment. They want regulations on all these crowdfunding places to be the mediator. And if it's not an approved healthcare system, if it's not an approved science or treatment, you will not be allowed to raise money on that platform. We are now making GoFundMe the gatekeeper for treatments. This is again the philosophical battle. Who gets to decide what you get and how you act? Is it the powerful? Is it the elite? Is it government? Is it now crowdfunding pages and these big businesses like GoFundMe? Or is it you as an individual? Now that's the basis. That's the foundational philosophical debate. Where's the hope? The hope is in the opportunities you face right now. You have the most amazing opportunity right now to turn your country around. You have the most amazing opportunity right here, right now in 2021 to make such inroads if you get your narrative right. And I'm going to say something that I've said for the longest time, but I implore you and I beg you to listen to this today. It is time to stop with the politics. It is time to stop with a Republican message or a Democratic message or a conservative message or a liberal message, and it is time to start talking about an American message. Because if you talk about an American message, you win. And I'm going to prove it to you. I wish we could ever live in a time where people made dramatic changes in society or dramatic changes or advancements where pain and suffering was not necessary. But sadly, that has never been the case. It's in your Declaration of Independence. Men will suffer as long as is suffering, suffering is sufferable. That's a paraphrasing. Basically, that's saying as long as suffering is easy or doable, people will suffer and not make changes. It takes a, t- a tipping point. It takes people getting to a point where they're so uncomfortable that they go, hey, stop. I've had enough. And then they rise up. That is always going to be human history. And hopefully I'm wrong in the future. Hopefully change happens when change is a lot easier. But here's the opportunity you face in the country. 
If you can remove the partisan, political, tribal, team jersey bullcrap, you win. Because what I want you to do, and I'm, most people listen to this show are on the right, are on the Republican, conservative, libertarian side. But we do have some Democratic friends. This is not about left versus right. This is about who decides who controls you. Because here's the thing, if you make this about America and you make this about freedom, I will stand up to my friends, for my friends on the left. If Donald Trump was president and Donald Trump was like, hey, you can't say this, you can't do this, guess what? I would be there fighting for my friends on the left. Likewise, when it's Joe Biden as president and Joe Biden is saying, you must get a vaccine, I'll be with my friends who are anti-vaccine or just not for mandates and going, hey, you can't do that. I will always be for the little guy, regardless of what side of the aisle that makes me on. Sometimes that makes me friendly to the left. Sometimes that makes me friendly to the right. But I will be consistent. I will never, ever side with the elites or ever side with a politician. I will always side with the individual. But here's why you have an opportunity. Because the left right now is so emboldened. It is so arrogant. It is so convinced with its moral conviction that they have the answers, that they are literally been so brazen and they are telling you who they are. If you can get the partisan party bullcrap out of your mindset, have these conversations with people. Let me ask you one thing. And I'll po point this question to majority of these questions will be to my friends on the right. I want you to think of the average Democrat. And the sad thing is because the Democratic Party is rather radical right now, I don't hide that. I never deny that. But in D.C., there's not very moderates. There's no Joe Liebermans in the Senate or the, the House right now in D.C. They all seem to be kind of radical. And even the moderate ones like the Joe Manchins are kind of radical in their own way compared to 20 years ago. But I don't talk about the politicians. I don't talk about the media. I talk about the average Democrat who is on the voting street because I don't get involved in the politics. I get involved in your people. That's where I care. Think of the average Democrat who's voting, who's voting because they vote Democrat because that's how their father did or that's how their family did or because they just can't stand Trump. Whatever reason they vote Democrat, make it up any reason you want in your head. And then try and imagine approaching him and saying, hey, do you think Trump or Biden or any politician or any elitist should be able to tell you you're going to eat meat once a week? Or do you think you should be able to say, you know what? No, the hell with that. I'm a vegetarian. I'm never going to eat meat. Or I'm a carnivore. I eat meat seven days a week. Do you think they would agree with you? Do you think you can find common ground? Imagine approaching that same Democrat and saying, hey, do you agree with the philosophy that says, you're going to own nothing and you're going to be happy? Do you think you have a right to own your iPhone or your Samsung? Do you think you have a right to own your computer and be on social media? Do you think you have a right to own your books, your car, your house? Do you think you have a right to do that? Because they're telling you they've been bold and under the Great Reset, they're saying you'll own nothing and you'll be happy. Think of the average Democrat. Do you think they're going to sign up for that? Do you think the average Democrat signs up with CRT? been taught in schools? Do you think the average Democrat's like, you know what we need to do? We need to see everything through the lens and the prism of race. I'm sure there are some. 
I'm sure there are some very vocal minorities who are like, yeah, we got to see everything through the prism of race. We got to see only true color. Would well, you think the average person sees that? Do you think the average Democrat is like, you know what? Let's defund the police. By the way, I'm going to prove all these are not true in a minute when I share the good news from your country in the next segment. But do you think the average Democrat is like, yeah, we need to defund the police because we're worried about crime. We're worried about our areas. But having no police would make our life, our situation, our family way more secure. You see, we have a situation and an opportunity right now. We're going through massive pain in the world, but America is going through massive transition. The question is, are you going to use that as an opportunity? Are you going to be the people you have always historically been where you're optimistic, where the glass is half full? Are you going to be the people that says, you know what? That's actually a load of baloney. I think the glass is half empty and believe that it's over. Because these are some of the conversations you need to start having. Do you like, as a Democrat, that gas is $3 a gallon or $3.20 a gallon when it was $1.80 in January? Do you like been hitting that? Do you like having the problem that this Thanksgiving is going to be the most expensive Thanksgiving in the history of your nation if you have a traditional Thanksgiving dinner? These are not left-right issues. These are American issues. Just these few issues alone, and there are thousands I could talk to you about. The idea of all the shortages, the idea of having, was it, 55,000 cargo containers stuck off the Bay of California. Do you like living in this world? Do you like the idea that yet once again, America is reliant on the Middle East for oil? Do you like this scenario? The average Democrat doesn't. The problem is when it becomes partisan, they look at you and they might agree with you. And then you're like, well, vote Republican. They're like, I can't do that. I don't like what your side stands for either. I don't like Donald Trump. I don't like Republicans. I don't like Mitch McConnell. If you can cut through the partisan party stuff and you make it about a pro-American message, about an American principled message that says, you know what? I don't want any government telling you what you can and can't do. I don't want anyone controlling your life. I want you to be free. Why? Because the laws of our country, which is the laws of nature's law and nature's God, says what? You are a free and sovereign individual, and you should be left alone to pursue your happiness and to succeed and fail on your own merits. That, I believe, is a uniting message. That, I believe, is a uniquely American message. And if you start sharing it again, you win. And when I say you win, I've said this and people, some have questioned me, who is you in that, John? When you say you win, who is the you in that statement? I'm not talking about politicians. I'm not talking about Donald Trump. I'm not talking about Rick Ron DeSantis. I'm not talking about Christy Nome. I'm not talking about any politician. I'm not talking about any person in the media, whether it's the Blaze or the Daily Wire or Fox News or any of them. When I say you win, I mean your people win. I mean your people will be unleashed. And it's time to start encouraging people that they can achieve their dreams. That e, despite all the flaws in America in 2021, there has never been a better time to be alive. There is more opportunities in your country today than in any other nation in the history of the world. But the problem is you've bought the hype. You've bought the narrative. You've bought the story that there's not. Yes, there's obstacles. 
Is it going to be handed to you? No. But it was never been handed to Americans. Americans have had to fight. Americans have had to bleed. Americans have had to sacrifice through every generation to make a better life. This generation won't be any different. You will have to bleed. You will have to work hard. You will have to sweat. You will have to sacrifice. But you can still achieve major change. The question is, will you believe it and will you act? Now to the part everyone wants to talk about, the messages of hope. It's been so amazing to be in your country this week. It's always amazing to be in America, but it's amazing this week because it seems like a shackle has been taken off the American people. I don't know how long this little bit of hope will last. I hope it starts encouraging people because if you saw what happened in your country this week, you saw the start of a potential a great awakening. There are so many good stories to start with. First one, and this couldn't have happened to a nicer guy of all the people this happened to. It was so happen- awesome it happened to this guy. Terry McAuliffe lost. He lost in Virginia. A state that Biden won by, what, 8, 10, 12 points? He lost. Amazing. Virginia elected the first ever black I know she's a white supremacist. That's that's hilariously funny to read, right? The first black female lieutenant governor, I believe it was. But there are the headlines that everyone talked about this week. Do you know there are some other stories that wanted to talk about? The messages of hope. One of the frustrating things, I get frustrated when Americans start telling me their limitations. When Americans and politicians, I shared a, a story a couple of weeks ago with you where I met with this pe- person who wants to run for the house. And they literally sat and told me every reason they couldn't win. This idea of when anybody says in America there are limitations, I always get frustrated. I always cringe because they're only obstacles, not limitations. America is history. And I talk about this a lot. And I apologize if this is getting boring, but it needs to be reminded to every American and every day. That you are a different set of people. You are a different country. You are a unique and exceptional nation. That America's history is built on making the impossible possible. It's time to take the shackles off. It's time to stop looking through the lens of what is not possible and start striving for what we can do to change the world. And looking when people say you can't do something, don't believe it. Don't go, well, you know, so-and-so said, I can't do anything. I guess they're right. And start looking at that through the American eyes and the American spirit and say, you know what? Challenge accepted, buddy. I'm going to prove you wrong. Because you know what the messages of hope this week were? You know something? If I had said to you prior to this week, there's going to be a candidate running for local office and he's not even going to be on the ballot and he's going to beat a candidate who had Chuck Schumer and AOC run. And this person is going to win as a write-in candidate. You would have laughed at me. You would have said that person's not even going to get 10% of the vote. They might get a few people to vote for them, but they're a write-in candidate. They have no hope. And then you putting that person against someone who would AOC support? 
with Chuck Schumer support in New York, you're crazy. Well, it happens. It happened in Brooklyn. It's time to stop looking through the lens of limitations and start looking at everything as a challenge and start proving these people wrong. If I had told you prior to Tuesday that there was going to be another election in your country and this election was going to be against an established sitting senator, the president of the Senate, and someone was going to run against them and not even spend $200 on their campaign, would you say they would have won? If you said yes, you would be lying. It's impossible. That will never happen. It happened this week in America. This is your country. This is the message your people need to get through their heads right now. Yes, there are problems. Yes, there are issues. If you could pick a better time to be alive, there are things you would do differently. But despite all of those obstacles, despite all of those hurdles, there is still this thing called the American spirit. And you can turn your country around if you stop looking at the limitations, if you stop looking through the lens of what I can't do and start accepting that you are a different breed of people. You are a different country that in America, despite all of those obstacles, you can still change your country, that you have more freedoms than any other nation in the history of the world, and you start understanding that that American spirit, that amazing American spirit can overcome anything. You just need to believe it. It's not a bunch of words. This is historical truth. This is who you are as a people. Please start waking up and stop taking the limitations for granted. Stop looking at the obstacles as over-uncoverable, that you can't overcome them. You can. I just shared a couple of stories with you. But also look around at the school board elections. All these people who are like, hey, let's have CRT. Guess what? A lot of them lost. A lot of them lost even in places around the country where it's not red, you know, roaring red states. They were blue states. They were purple states. Some of them were in San Francisco. Hey, if you had said to me, you know what, in Minneapolis, where all that stuff is going down, there's going to be a notion to defund the police. Do you think that's going to pass? Well, it didn't pass. Why? Because the vast majority of people are good. And these are just simple, small stories. And this has happened when your country wasn't optimistic, when your country was down, when your country was a bit defeated internally, this is what happened this week. Can you imagine if the American people galvanize and actually start being optimistic and start going, you know what? We're going to take our country back. We're going to start fighting for what our country was born on. We're going to start fighting for what the American ideal is. And you start being optimistic and you start sharing stories with Can you imagine? You will make Tuesday look like child's play. Because here's the thing. Look at what happened in New Jersey. New Jersey, the bastion of democratic control. And the Republican literally ran. Those races are normally called the minute polls close. Hey, New Jersey's closed. We're calling New Jersey for the Democrat. We don't know what the Democrat's name is, but we're calling it for the Democrat. It took till the next day. At one point, the Republican was up in that race. And then all the blue state, blue parts of the county came in and he lost. But that shouldn't be that tight. 
Why is this a message of hope? Because the far left have overplayed their hand. They're telling you who it is. And the real message of hope is what happened after the elections. Look at the coverage on MSNBC that night. Look at what people were saying, some of the commentators. I didn't watch, but I saw the clips. They're not like saying, well, you know, the people have spoken and we need to reevaluate what we're for. No, they're doubling down. They're making excuses. They're doubling down on this agenda. This is amazing opportunity for you. If you can stop with the fear and you can stop with the, oh my God, the problems and the obstacles and start thinking this is the greatest opportunity that we could be at a pivot point in history where we finally start reclaiming and restoring America's narrative because it can happen. If, if, if is the big word in this statement. It can happen if you're willing to work at it, if you're willing to sacrifice for it, and if you're willing to start being the people you have always been. And that is an optimistic people. That is a forward-thinking people. That is the glasses half full kind of people and not the latest version of you where you're beaten down. The glass is half empty. You can't do things. The problems are too big. The obstacles are too big. If you start changing and becoming America again, you you, the people, win, and you, the people, restore the American covenant. You, the people, restore the American constitution and the American ideals. But if that's not enough good news for you, in case you haven't been following me on social media, I want to share one last story with you. In 2022, all going well, and with a miracle from God, I will be an American citizen. And I'm not coming to America. And I'm saying this publicly. I am not coming to America to achieve millionaires and billionaire status. I am not coming to America to own and run a big company. I am not coming to America for fame. I am coming to America to be an American, but to serve this nation that I love and to help play a small part or whatever part God has decided I will play in helping restore your American dream, to help restore people and make America constitutional again, make America exceptional again, and most importantly, to make freedom cool again. How has this happened? I've waited in line 17 years looking for an opportunity. I have worked for an opportunity. It nearly happened with Glenn Beck in 2017, but that didn't end well. I didn't meet the visa criteria, but totally unbeknownst to me on this trip, a friend of mine who we've been friends since 2015 made it known she was interested in dating me, and she knows all my bad things and she loves me anyway. And I love her. And it's a wonderful lady called Tanya. And I proposed to her last Friday and she said, yes, I am sharing this not to gloat but I've always been an open book with you. But if you want no bigger message of hope, take me. I'm a guy who's not the best looking guy. I don't have fame. I don't have fortune. And I've got one of the most incredible women in the world, in my opinion, the best woman. She is so amazing. She is beautiful. She is kind. She is a sweetheart. She wants to serve America. She loves America. And she's, got a, she's a Christian. If someone like me, can fight and go through all the pain that I have gone through, all the setbacks, getting to a point where I nearly killed myself two years ago. If I can go through all that and I can get not only my American dream, 
but I also get the ultimate prize of the girl as well. Only in America can this dream come true. I have everything I have ever wanted. I have more than I have ever wanted. I am the luckiest man on God's green earth right now. If this can happen to me, imagine what can happen to an American. This is the message of hope. And I encourage you, share this with your friends, with your family, because you need some hope. It's time to wake up because we live in a land and I can't wait to call America home. I can't wait to be on the front lines with you day in, day out, sharing a message. I'm all in for your country. Are you? Until next Saturday at 12 noon Eastern, we salute you, the great American people. Remember the sentiments of Tocqueville. America is great because Americans are good. You're not great because of Trump or Biden or left or right or Republicans or Democrats. You're great because of your people. Let us work together. Let us sacrifice together. And let us strive to make America constitutional again. Have a beautiful and blessed week. Freedom versus freebies. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn. On the Blaze Radio Network.